This edition of the Cliff Notes Podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates. Contact Dom Tolly for all your insurance needs at 816-232-8400 or come on out to Tolly and Associates at 2606 North Belt Highway for all your insurance needs. And welcome everybody here to the Cliff Dose Podcast. I am your host, Cliff DeGruz. We have a whole week full of great content for you as we get set for the first week of high school football for the 2022 season. We're going to be premiering the week one pregame show later on during the week. We also have some volleyball season previews that we're going to sprinkle in there in anticipation of tomorrow night's St. Joseph School District City Jamboree that is taking place at Central High School. Also, we are going to be premiering on Friday morning a very special daily update show, which is going to be a daily show which is going to preview all the scores and news throughout the week that will be reserved more for all the other fall sports throughout the area we're going to sprinkle some high school and Missouri Western Northwest news in there as well but I wanted to kick it all off as I had the opportunity to go one-on-one with a dear special friend of mine you might know him from his time with Missouri Western Athletics as we had the opportunity to go one-on-one with the director of the St. Joseph Sports Commission, Commission, Brett Easley. We talk about the growth of Griffin Athletics and the facilities there. We talk about some of the big events that are going to be coming up in St. Joseph, including the Missouri, the St. Joseph Sports Hall of Fame, the St. Joseph Hall of Fame Classic Basketball that's going to be taking place at Civic Arena in December. And we talk about bringing the Division II Women's Elite Eight back to Civic Arena, and we talk about what legacy means to Brett Easley. Without further ado, I didn't have the chance, the plans to kind of turn this into a Leaving Your Legacy episode, but we're going to turn it into one as we now officially premiere episode 23 of Leaving Your Legacy with Brett Easley. And we're here on the Clip Nuts Podcast. We have a very special conversation with a guy that I have known for a very, very long time. He's one of my good friends in St. Joseph, Missouri. Please welcome, for his first time on the Cliff Notes Podcast, the director of the St. Joseph Sports Commission, Brett Easley is with us. Brett, how are you? Clifton, I'm great. Love the energy. Honored to be on the uh, Cliff Notes Podcast. You're doing good things, man, and I'm I'm honored to be here with you today. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on. You and I, man, I feel like we've had a relationship for several years, going on almost 20 now since my days at Cakey Tune with Ryan Medley. Yep. Time flies and you're having fun, doesn't it? Yes, yes, sir. So, um, Brett, I want to talk, um, first of all, before we talk about some of the big things that are going on in the city of St. Joseph, I just want to talk about um, your time. A lot of people know you um, during your time at Missouri Western as um, a member of the athletics department in several capacities. Just um, talk about with the listeners, um, just to reflect back on your time at Missouri Western. Well, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I believe black and gold, uh, born and raised in St. Joe, graduated the institution in 2001. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, Clifton, when I was growing up, uh, I had two goals for a career, kind of that, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, early on, I wanted to be an airline pilot. I thought that sounded like a really cool career. Still like to fly. I still love airports. I'm probably in the minority on that. But uh, pretty quickly after I kind of gave up on the airline pilot dream, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Uh, used to turn the sound down, broadcast the game, close the door in my room, and I knew who all the players were, what numbers they were, and that's why I went to school, and uh, when I got to Missouri Western, there was no broadcasting degree, so I had to do the next best thing, which was uh, a major in sports marketing and management, 
started my career uh, on the men's basketball coaching staff at Missouri Western. That was kind of another dream of mine was I always wanted to be a coach. Most of your coaches are former student athletes. Uh, if you've ever seen me standing up, uh, I'm not much taller than I am sitting down. And so uh, I never played college basketball. Um, and, and so with that, though, the beauty of Missouri Western is a lot of opportunities. If you want to do something and you, you work hard and set your mind to, you're probably going to get that opportunity through the university. And so the university gave me an opportunity to coach, which I did on our men's basketball staff for three years. And then, uh, you know, I made my luck a lot, Clifton. I made my own luck a lot. Uh, I, I happened to uh, be in the right place at the right time. I joined our administrative team in 2003 as the director of compliance. Uh, I did that for four years. And then uh, my skill set is probably a little bit more better served for the external side of our operations. Uh, so I moved into that role in 07, which, uh, believe it or not, in 07, websites were a thing, but they still are. They were not near the animal that they are now. And so we were still in the very early stages of websites and social media. It didn't even exist in 2007. Digital photography. And really, I was brought on to help tell our story. And so over the course of time, it went from helping tell our story to uh, marketing the department within our corporate partners and, and helping, uh, helping fundraise for the department and, and working with our booster club and the Gold Coat Club. Uh, I did get to live my broadcasting dream down uh, on the Griffin Sports Network, starting with uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster Bob Orff, working, working on to uh, the legendary Dave Riggards. I uh, got to work with Tommy Rizach for a year last year, and so I really enjoyed doing that. But, uh, you know, the other piece that I, I really enjoyed is just events, um, whether that be NCAA events, both on the national regional level. I've been very fortunate through my time at Missouri Western to get involved with uh, some NCAA championships, not here in St. Joe. So I've been involved with the NCAA men's golf championship every year since 2008 and with the women's golf championship every year for the last couple and so with that, I really gained a love for events, and uh, that was where kind of I got involved with helping to, uh, to give our, some rebirth to our sports commission here in St. Joe's. So I got involved with that in 2018, uh, really was elected the chairman of the board, quite frankly, because nobody else wanted to do it uh, in January of 2019. And so um, I've been surrounded by a really great team of men and women uh, on our board of directors Marcy Bennett, our executive director at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, has provided me some really solid uh, insight, do's and don'ts uh, on just the general direct in the direction of the commission. And right after our inaugural area Sports Hall of Fame induction last September, which we're about a month out from this year's second annual event, uh, I had the opportunity to make a career change and come on board full time uh, as the director of our sports commission. Uh, in which we've had a sports commission in St. Joe since the late 90s, but it hasn't had a director in over 20 years. And so, whereas very bittersweet to leave uh, really my only employer that I've ever had um, and, and my alma mater in a place that's been very good to me, it honestly was a very easy decision because uh, it gave me an opportunity to, to get into a leadership role. Uh, I love St. Joe. I get to work. Uh, I love sports, but I, I feel like I get to have a different seat at, at, at around some tables here as, as we look forward to uh, the next 20, 40 years here in St. Joe, because uh, we've got this is a great community, a great place to raise a family. We've got a lot of folks in leadership uh, that I either know well or I'm getting to know. And I'm just really excited to be a part of that and be able to do that. Um, in sports that I love, knowing that we're, I, I'm really not the first person to have a lot of the ideas. I just get a chance to do, do this, work on this every day and bring those to life. And so uh, I'm still a university ambassador. I've had some people that have said, well, how come you're still wearing your Missouri Western shirt? Well, why wouldn't I still wear my Missouri Western shirt? Uh, 
Um, again, I, I'm an alum and, and the university was very good to me and, and still look forward to uh, partnering with the university however we can. So. Just to talk about, you know, you've been a part of some major growth at the um, university during your time there. I mean, I mean, you were a part, you know, whenever the uh, Missouri Western State College became a university, um, you're talking, you, you know, we're getting into like chief, we just got done with chief's training camp, you know, with chief's training camp coming to St. Joe, the, um, the renovation to um, the, um, the indoor sports complex, just um, Spratt Stadium. Just talk about being a part of all that and just the growth of Missouri Western over your time there. Well, Clifton, when I started, we had eight sports. Uh, when I uh, when I left last November, we had 17 sports. And so there's just an obvious piece of the growth right there. But, uh, you know, um, the university's transformed a lot uh, over the course of the last decade. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we take for granted what a great resource it is to have the university here in St. Joe. Uh, you know, certainly enrollment has fluctuated a little bit, uh, given the university or the university became uh, made the transition from Missouri Western State College to Missouri Western State University in 2005. We, we eclipsed the uh, 6,000 uh, students uh, enrollment piece in 2008. And I think at that time, I think folks thought that uh, the university had a chance to, to maybe eclipse 10,000 students one day. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. But, and I say yet, because uh, again, the university's not going anywhere. Uh, the university's going to be around and thriving in St. Joseph for a long, long time. And, and uh, the opportunity for growth is through the roof, you know, as, as that relates through athletics, you know, uh, seeing our facilities evolve has been fascinating. You know, there was a point in time in the late 2000s where I don't know that our facilities were the worst in the MIAA, but, but, but they were definitely in the lower half. And, uh, you know, through Chiefs training camp coming to St. Joe in 2010, you know, I, I will say this, I, I think there's a lot of people that think that the Chiefs just physically fit the bill uh, on all of the facilities. That is not a true statement. What I would say about that is, is no question, uh, Chiefs training camp coming to St. Joe was a major catalyst in the indoor sports complex getting built. Uh, that has been very beneficial to Missouri Western, the Chiefs, the community as a whole. Uh, the reason, the region as a whole, but camp has been a catalyst for further improvements. Uh, you know, our football program uh, has always been an excellent program. Uh, it really became a force to be reckoned with year after year, right around that time when camp came uh, there in the late 2000s is we had had some very successful years prior to that, but it was became an expectation of Missouri Western to compete for conference championships and postseason play every year. And so with that, how do you maintain? Well, you maintain a lot of different ways. That's through good people, uh, the recruiting process. But we also realized that, that we needed to improve our facilities if, if we wanted to maintain our level of competing year in, year out in the MIAA, the best football conference in all of Division II athletics. And so over the course, really, uh, it's really been the last decade over the course, since beginning 2009 through now. Um, you know, there was there, raising money is not easy. Uh, facility development's not easy, but when you look at the phases that went into uh, replacing the turf at Spratt Stadium, to building a visitor side, uh, to to what everybody recognizes now is a, a brand, I say brand new, it's still brand new to me, uh, press box that was an $8 million renovation that created suites, new press level, a stadium club, office space, and just a new general front porch to Griffin Athletics that kind of finished off the deal uh, to what I've always called the Spratt Stadium complex it really is a complex when you consider there's 400 yard football fields, one of those being an indoor facility that 
that uh, you know most people associate with a football building, but it's always been so much more than that uh, in terms of the use that it gets from other Griffin sports. Uh, there is a tourism element to that as well, given the many recreation events that take place in there, really November 1 through the end of April. And so uh, it, it's been awesome to see the, uh, the transformation, the growth of the university, the growth of the athletics department. And, and whereas I'm not on campus every day, uh, again, I still consider myself a part of uh, the university family, being that I'm an alum and a, and a supporter. And, and uh, I look forward to the continued growth. There, there's, there's a good team in place. A lot of new faces. I'd encourage people to, to get involved with, uh, with the new administration and coaches and get to know them and make them feel welcome. And, and uh, we look forward to great things on the field from the Griffins this year and beyond. Absolutely. And uh, Brett, you, uh, you, you, you came to the Sports Commission in November, um, but you really hit the ground running on several big events here in town. You were a big part of um, putting together. The first one that I want to talk about is an event coming up uh, less than a month away. It's the um, second annual um, St. Joseph Sports Hall of Fame induction. Just um, talk about some of the inductees and um, how this Hall of Fame came together. Well, so uh, you want to talk about something that uh, came together pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, I, the pandemic was a challenge for all of us. That would be the understatement of the last two, the last two years. But I would say this, uh, the pandemic um, did, did provide uh, a lot of people with different ways to think about things. Uh, it did produce some positives. It did produce uh, really a lot of changes to the way we'll do things moving forward. And um, the pandemic provided us uh, at the Sports Commission and the folks that are involved with the Hall of Fame really an opportunity to have a look at what that can look like and what that needed to look like. Clifton, we had our first Hall of Fame meeting ever on September 9th, 2020. That's under two years ago. And so to think that we've had one induction ceremony and now are getting ready for a second uh, and are growing the brand of that of our Hall of Fame in a very short amount of time has simply been fascinating. Uh, it's about people. We have a number of good people that uh, that help us with the Hall of Fame, whether it's logistics behind the scene, uh, our anonymous selection committee that physically selects the cast to our Hall of Fame members, uh, some of which still live around here, some of which live all over the country. Um, they are fascinating men and women that are excellent representatives. Uh, of our city and our county. Again, this is a county endeavor. And so uh, with that, like I said, from day one, that was the very first thing as, as, as the chairperson of the board uh, of the Sports Commission, when I got involved in 2019, is we knew we wanted to create an area sports hall of fame. I mean, our sports history here in St. Joe for a community of our size is simply fascinating uh, and goes back uh, almost two centuries. And so the neat part for me is, is there's a lot of that history that I know. There's probably more of that history that I don't know. And so, you know, as it relates to this year's class, um, there are a lot of names that, that people, I think, uh, know very well. Michael Hill, uh, the all-time leading rusher in Missouri Western history, MIAA MVP. Uh, you know, that's, that's a name from our recent sports history. You've got a name like Gary Filbert, the late Gary Filbert, who was the first Missouri Western basketball coach as a four-year four institution. He was in one of the first classes of the Missouri Western Hall of Fame. But that's just really telling a very small piece of his Hall of Fame history. Um, he left Missouri Western in 1983, went to be an assistant coach for Norm Stewart at Mizzou. He was on Coach Stewart's staff, led Mizzou all the way to a number one seat in the NCAA tournament. He was on his staff two years, got into administration at Mizzou. And then Clifton, you may have heard of the Show Me Games that are essentially a statewide series of games that just took place last July. Coach was one of the founding fathers of that event. 
Um, he was also one of the founding fathers and helped create the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in Springfield. He's got a statue on the way into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. And so you have a statue somewhere, you're a pretty darn big deal. And so Coach's impact touched a lot of lives, not only here in St. Joe, the state of Missouri, but across the country. Um, Thomas Smith, another name that people in St. Joe know very well. Coach is a mentor of mine, uh, was a basketball coach at Missouri Western for 24 years, spent over 40 years in coaching. Um, you know, Coach Smith's legacy speaks for itself. He's, he's one of a select few coaches that's ever won 600 or more games uh, in a coaching career and, and just a great member of our Hall of Fame class. But I think the other unique piece about our Hall of Fame is um, it, it, it's very broad. It's got people that touch a lot of different eras and a lot of different segments of sports. Uh, Doc Childress is another great example, the late Doc Childress. I got to meet Doc Childress for the first time because he was the team optometrist at Missouri Western for a number of years. In fact, he was an optometrist here in St. Joe for over 50. What a lot of people don't, don't know about Doc, uh, unless you are in this trade, is he was one, he was a world-class sporting clay shooter. So a, sharp, a marksman, a sharpshooter, um, a, a hunter. Uh, and, and if you are a hunter, if you are in waterfowling, Doc Childress is a household name. In fact, um, he was one of the first Americans to ever win a sharpshooting medal at an international contest in the early 90s at a shooting competition. Uh, I've got a lot of Doc's medals in my office. Uh, I was fortunate to get to know him. Again, that history, uh, I knew some of it. I've learned a lot more here over the last two or three months in working with his family and doing some research on Doc. Another name that you may or may not have heard of, Clifton, but I know you're a wrestling fan. So Gus Karras uh, is, a, is a household name, uh, especially in the early days of sport here in St. Joseph, because he got his start as a wrestling promoter. And so one of the biggest fascinating pieces of, re, uh, of, of, of St. Joe sports is I, I'm fascinated by the history of City Auditorium downtown that's no longer there. It's where the police station is now. Everybody always would talk to me about wrestling on Friday and Saturday nights at City Auditorium. Sold out crowds, uh, the action that was there. Gus Karras was the lead promoter on almost all of those wrestling events. Not only did Gus promote wrestling, he was a promoter of the Harlem Globetrotters. Not that the Globetrotters aren't big now, but the Globetrotters were really big then. Really big then. Uh, helped promote boxing, Broadway shows, uh, you know, Clifton, if Gus were alive today, he'd be 123 years old. And so uh, Gus has a living son on the West Coast. Uh, some of the conversations I've had with him have been absolutely fascinating. Um, George Hayward, another member of our class, NFL official for more than 40 years. George is a Central High alum, a Missouri Western alum, played on uh, Missouri Western's early football teams. Uh, Janet Clark Moody, one of Lafayette High School's finest, Northwest Missouri State's all-time leading scorer on the women's basketball side. Um, their all-time leading three-point percentage shooter at over 40% a game. Janet's points are more fascinating because she played two years at Northwest before they had a three-point line. So think about that. Think about how, how just commonplace the three-point shot is now. She was the leading scorer two years when they didn't have a three-point line. So her stats would have only been more had there been a three-point line. And so um, awesome history on Janet. Uh, our, our team inductee this year is Herzog Motorsports. And so, um, you know, Herzog, the Herzog companies just encompass a lot of different things, not only here in St. Joseph, but in the entire country. And so they got into motorsports in the mid 90s and, and they touched all different segments of motorsports, off-road racing. They've raced in the Bush series. Uh, they've had a footprint in the NASCAR series. 
Um, they've had several drivers that have driven for them. Probably the most famous name, and I don't know how closely you follow auto racing, but uh, but Jimmy Johnson was a, was a Herzog uh, Motorsports driver, and uh, obviously Jimmy's footprint uh, on the NASCAR circuit speaks for itself now. But he got his spark really with with Herzog Motorsports, and so uh, Randy and Stan have both passed away. But uh, but we'll have several members of the Herzog family there. Hope to maybe have a driver there as well. No guarantees on Jimmy; he's a little busy, but. Uh, but again, we're honored to have Herzog Motorsports as part of our class. Bill McKinney, who was our longtime Parks and Recreation Director here in St. Joe, uh, he's a member of our class. And that's just one piece about him, because Bill was, a, was an awesome athlete at Lafayette. He played football at the University of Missouri. But Bill's legacy will live forever, considering that the number of facilities that he either built in St. Joe or had a footprint in renovating, Civic Arena, Heritage Park, Bodie Ice Arena, Remington Nature Center, you, you name it. Uh, Bill's been either right in the middle of those or spearheaded um, those projects. Vic Eaton's a name that I mentioned that not a lot of people know. And honestly, his history just came to light this past NFL playoffs. So Vic is still living. He lives in the Minneapolis area. He was a draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1955. And uh, he beat out some guy named Johnny Unitas. If you're a football fan, that's a household name. He's in the, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But Vic was a great quarterback. He was a punter. Vic played football for one year and then went to serve our country for three because back in those days, um, the money in the NFL just wasn't what it is now. And so uh, Vic's priorities just were in a little bit different place, but uh, we look forward to honoring Vic. And then another unique piece about our Hall of Fame is we have a Special Olympics Athlete of the Year as well. And uh, this year's inductee is Tanner Rencher. So uh, Tanner's been, a, I call him a Special Olympics icon. He's been to uh, three different national Special Olympics games most recently of which this summer in early June, the games in Orlando, he won four medals. Tanner's just a great ambassador. Um, I, uh, a lot of folks probably see him at High V. That's his place of employment, but uh, we're honored to have Tanner uh, as a part of our class as well. And then last but not least, Dennis Steven is in our class. So, you know, when you think about just great iconic moments of St. Joseph's sports history, the 1992 and 1996 Olympics, when Dennis was, was uh, a coach, uh, and then Wes Barnett and Pete Kelly were a member, were, were, were on those teams. And you think about the torch run that came through St. Joe when the, when the Olympics were in Atlanta in 1996. Um, you know, Dennis, Dennis was a, a pioneer in the Wesley weightlifters, obviously a big reason that, that Wes and Pete uh, experienced the success that uh, they were able to achieve as an athlete. Dennis is still coaching today. He's still at the Wesley Center today. Uh, you know, the number of, 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 of not only athletes, but the number of young lives that he's mentored here in St. Joe, just through the Wesley Center, InterServe, Southside Youth, uh, is tremendous. And so I encourage anybody, even if you don't have a direct tie to this class, to come out on September 18th to our induction ceremony at Stony Creek Hotel and Conference Center. That's on a Sunday. It's on Sunday on purpose because I don't know what Friday or Saturday night we could ever get everybody in the room. The other thing I was really sensitive to, I wanted to find a Sunday the Chiefs weren't playing. They're not playing that Sunday. They play Thursday night football that week. So don't let that be a deterrent. But uh, get your tickets. They're for sale right now at stjomosports.com. They're $25 a piece. You can get them online or you can get them here in our office at the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Well, Brad, um, another event that I want to talk about, uh, I mean, the Hall of Fame class is exciting. I can't wait to be there and in person to take photos and just take it all in. But one of the biggest pieces of news and uh, one of my biggest um, groups of following is high school sports. And sure. uh, Friday, you dropped a huge announcement. Um, 
for Civic Arena. I remember I'm going to the Jamboree every year at the Civic Arena. I remember going to a couple playoff games at the Civic Arena. But you just announced a Hall of Fame classic that is going to take place at Civic Arena through December 21st and 22nd, involving all the city teams and a couple county teams in there, too. Just um, talk about how all that came together. Well, uh, it came together quickly. You know, you and I talked before we got on here formally. So, uh, again, when I first got here to the Sports Commission, I started on January 3rd. I accepted the position in November. I started full-time on January 3rd. And my very first day, uh, I made a list. It had two columns on it. One column had names of folks that uh, I either knew well, wanted to make a better connection with, or just really wanted to let them know uh, my new role, where I was at, and what a Sports Commission is. The other column had a list of events that we were either hosting in St. Joe, used to host in St. Joe, or I thought might have a fit here in St. Joe. And right near the top of that list was a high school hoop showcase. Um, you know, that, that there are a number of those that are very successful, not only here in this region, but really all across the country. But where I wanted to focus here in the short term uh, was on our teams, right here in our own backyard, St. Joseph and in our county. Um, you know, the, the Sports Commission back in the spring released a, a poster that's called Championship Mentality. You know, considering we had nine area high school teams, boys and girls, that at least won a district championship. And, and in most cases went further than that. And so uh, I think it's safe to say high school basketball is hot here right now. We've got a lot of good things going on. And so with that, um, you know, I have a passion for Civic Arena. I think most people understand that. Civic Arena is a good building. It's got a good niche. It's a great building for small college athletics and high school sports. People just naturally like to come downtown. You know, and our downtown is evolving here in St. Joe. Uh, it's still progressing, but it's come a long, long ways over the past several years. And, and a big piece to that is the arena. And we see sports as a big piece to that. And so in looking at what is a fit, what is a niche, and what is something that we're not doing here right now that we think we as a commission can make an impact with. And so I instantly reached out to our, uh, our city high school athletics directors, some of which I, I've known for a long time, some of which I, I know of, but I didn't know them very well. And I just said, hey, I said, can this fit this year? And either through a byproduct of maybe moving uh, doubleheaders that they already had scheduled, Central Lafayette's a great example of that. They were going to play anyway. And uh, David Lau at Central and Corey Gilpin, who was the athletics director at Lafayette, now uh, Brad Spinner's in that role. They said, you know what, let's move that game. That's that We're going to have good crowds for that anyway. And what a great place to, to play that in Civic Arena right before the holidays. And so uh, Benton obviously is playing Lincoln, Lincoln Prep in a doubleheader. That LeBlanc doubleheader is intriguing, Clifton, whereas it's not the same opponent that the boys and girls are playing. That is a class two top five matchup on the girls' side between the LeBlanc girls and Schuyler County High School. So you might say, how did you find Schuyler County? Well, it's all about relationships. My brother-in-law is the head coach at Schuyler County, so I may have had a relationship there, but uh, I knew Schuyler County had a very good basketball team, and so I reached out to him, and I said, hey, I said, any interest in coming over and playing LeBlanc? Because that's the other thing is, you know, you want to find like fits. Uh, you want to find good matchups, and, and um, he, he had interest, and we were able to pull that off. Uh, West Platte on the boys' side won 20 games last year. Obviously, the LeBlanc boys – uh, we know about their final four run, and so really excited about that. Uh, St. Joseph Christian, Stewartsville, that's a doubleheader that leads off day two. And then on day one, uh, East Buchanan will play in our noon and uh, or 1230 and 2 o'clock games against Northland Christian. And then uh, you might ask, uh, how did North Platte get involved? Well, obviously, 
Uh, we threw it out to Buchanan and DeKalb first. They couldn't make it worse, work this year. And so uh, North Platte's not too far away. Uh, and so we were able to find a fit there. They're going to play East Atchison at 3.30 and 5 that day. And Central and Lafayette is the nightcap on day one. And so I've had people ask, you know, do you want this to grow? Are you competing with Holiday Hoops over at North Central or the high V12 courts at Christmas? And, you know, I, I, I would say we're really not competing there. I think what we're trying to do is provide a really good experience for our coaches and student athletes here in Buchanan County to play in a venue, a bigger venue that I think uh, is a really good place to play, a good environment downtown right before the holidays uh, that, quite frankly, our hometown teams don't have to travel to. And uh, I hope this becomes an annual tradition. I think it has a chance to. Hey, if it grows, great. I hope it does. I, I think we've got some room for growth. But, uh, you know, right now, again, that fit and niche piece, we want to make sure that we provide that, uh, that opportunity for our local teams to get involved. And if it grows past that, then, then, then excellent. But we want to make sure that this is a really cool experience, especially in year one. Well, Brett, um, you know, we just talked about the um, high school hoops classic that's going to be taking place in December. But you got bigger plans with Civic Arena a couple months down the line, as in March, Civic Arena is going to be hosting the Division II Women's Elite Eight. I know a lot of people know about the run Missouri Western women made a year ago in that. So just um, talk about bringing the, um, the Elite Eight to St. Joe and Civic Arena. Well, we're excited to have it back. Uh, we look forward to uh, 2023 being our fifth time to uh, have an opportunity to host that championship. You know, uh, it, it's funny how things have come full circle. The first time we had an opportunity to host the championship was in 2003. And when I think about the motivation to uh, investigate bidding and bringing that championship to St. Joe, the, the main motivation at that time not only was did we think St. Joe would be a good place to host the championship, but Missouri Western women were very good in those days. And, and you know, why not compete for a national championship right in your own backyard? It's very hard to get to the Elite Eight. Uh, unfortunately, Missouri Western didn't make it in those days, but it's awesome that uh, that that now the program is back at that point again to uh, to have a chance to have a realistic chance to get back to the Elite Eight. Obviously, it's hard to repeat as a regional champion, but uh, but I think Candy's club ha has a great chance to get back, first of all. But uh, but no, we look forward to the Elite Eight coming back. Why does that championship fit well here? Well, again, it goes back to Civic Arena host championships like that very well. And really two things about our community that stand out above and beyond anything else. Well, and then to preface that, this is a great basketball community. It's a good women's basketball community. This town loves basketball. It loves women's basketball. So no surprise that we've drawn very well at these championships. But two things that stick out about St. Joe really for sports in any event, location, 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 you can get here. It's, it's still relatively inexpensive to travel here. And it's not cheap to travel anywhere these days. But the other piece, and you can get here in three and a half hours from anywhere by plane. Uh, and not to mention, Kansas City's going to have a new airport early in 2023, which belongs just as much to St. Joe as it does here to Kansas City. The other piece is, and people kind of roll their eyes when I tell them this, but it really is true. St. Joe does hospitality very well. In fact, I would put our hospitality piece up against anywhere in the country. Um, you know, reality is it's not sunny and 80 here every day, although it is sunny and 80 here today, but it's not sunny and 80 here every day. Uh, and, and you know what, we don't have a beach and palm trees, but, but the great thing is, is the events that come just aren't the next event on that week's calendar. Uh, they're special. They, they, they mean more here and our people in St. Joe really embrace our visitors. And that means a lot to visiting teams, uh, just fans, just groups that come to town. And so, 
we look forward to those logistics. We look forward to flooding the community with uh, that branding. You know, and we hope the community's looking forward to coming out and seeing championship basketball here in St. Joe, given again, we haven't had this opportunity in a decade. 2011 was the last time, so more than a decade. You know, the, the other unique piece to championship week is it really is a full week. There are two game dates, but um, these championships are on just such another level uh, than, than even a decade ago in terms of the week that it is. The teams get in town on a Saturday, and literally, um, you know, the game dates are the events themselves, but, but we're looking at some other external events to get the community involved, whether that might be a youth basketball clinic, maybe a youth basketball tournament. We've looked at some very unique things downtown, outside of the arena, for maybe some engagement. Uh, we always love to have a philanthropic piece around the tournament, whether that's uh, we, we got involved with a, a 5K walk run over a, a decade ago when the Elite Eight came, and we're looking at doing that again. Uh, we love to get the student athletes out in the community. Uh, we're looking at some various pieces to do that. And we also love to get our teams uh, out in the community in our restaurants, uh, shops, places to get them out, because again, they're experiencing St. Joseph too. And so uh, it is August, the championship's not till March, but you know what, that time's gonna tick very quickly. In fact, uh, as we sit here on a Monday, our local organizing committee's got a meeting tomorrow afternoon, the tomorrow to again, begin to look at more logistics as we prep for championship week. And so uh, we're excited to have the NCA back. And that's the other unique piece about my seat is, is we always have a focus on what's next. And so whereas right now, this is a two-year host with the NCAA, their bid cycle for championships over the next six years is going to open again next summer. Uh, we've got our eyes on what's next, whether that's women's basketball, men's basketball, men's or women's golf have an excellent fit here in St. Joe. Volleyball has an excellent fit here in St. Joe. Cross country has an excellent fit here in St. Joe. Now with the course on Missouri Western's campus. And so uh, the sky's the limit. We want to we wanna be on a rotation for NCAA championships every year. Well, Brad, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you, you know, I know you just mentioned some big plans here, but, um, you know, what, when you're talking about legacy here, and obviously you've, you've left a tremendous legacy, whether it's at Missouri Western or whether it's at the sports commission here, just talk about what legacy means to you. Well, um, you know, that's a really good question, Clifton. And I, I would just say this, you know, I, um, I'm a guy that's all about the experience, uh, all about the, uh, the the leave no stone unturned. Uh, if it feels right, go after it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really how I've approached my entire career uh, is, is I love St. Joe. I love this community. Um, I, I've been fortunate to have uh, an opportunity to, uh, to go to work and doing something that I love every day in this community, whether it's uh, at the university, whether it's here at the sports commission and, and, uh, you know, I just want to play my part. Uh, I, I want to make my impact where I can. I have a love of sports. Um, you know, I, I have a sense of history. I'm, I'm still learning that history every day. And I've just been surrounded and blessed with, with really good people to work with that have mentored me, uh, have steered me in the right direction, sometimes steered me away from the wrong direction. And so, um, you know, now as I, I look at it, I just... Um, you know, I want to I want to I want to leave an impact based on um, helping our community achieve its potential uh, for, for how I can help it get there for what I know. And 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 what I know right now is the potential that we have uh, in sports at all levels, whether that be amateur, professional, youth sports, college athletics, high school, uh, maybe it's programming, uh, whatever that means. Uh, I, I have a passion there. 
And I've just always been a person to use your experience and your relationships uh, to, to, again, have an emphasis on what's next, keeping the focus on the sky's the limit. And so um, I, I just really enjoy that opportunity to, uh, to, to work with folks to, to, to help our community, again, progress day after day. Well, Brad, um, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule. I know there's a lot of things coming up here with the Sports Commission. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I want to thank you for your almost 20 years of friendship that we have had. I want to thank you so much for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up for St. Joe, not only this not only this year, but you know, you're looking at five, ten years down the line. I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming for St. Joseph down the line. So um, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to um, seeing you down the road here. Clifton, likewise, man. Thanks for all you're doing. Good luck this fall, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, working with you again and seeing you soon.